Here we are, the Sports Detention Podcast, live from the Robert Allenby Studio. Potty, how you going, mate? Rolling, mate, rolling. Rolling, episode 13, so we keep this trainer chugging. Don't we, don't we ever, and another big week. We seem like we're saying it every week, mate, but they're just enormous, aren't they? And the sporting world hasn't let us down over the last mate, week. Mate, I'm so busy, yep. I'm so busy, yeah. but I mean... Part of my life, a core part of my life is sport and entertainment. So without further ado, mate, how about we dig into the the nuts and bolts of it? Let's get it done. Potty, we are here. We've got so much to talk about. But first and foremost, mate, what has caught your eye this week? It's Logie season, mate. Logie. Logie season. I've got to be honest, I didn't know that was still going, the Logies. Mate, I was actually going to think about that and when you've mentioned it, it. You know, where are the Logies in terms of, you know, the TV phenomena you know there's so much entertainment out there with streaming platforms and the like and i mean it does make you wonder oh logie still going yeah yeah well you know streaming's obviously become a huge part of society over the last what 10 15 years oh now. yeah so yeah but just the amount of entertainment that we can sink our oh, teeth into like yeah. how do you win a logie is that's like i mean i don't know it's like a fourth place ribbon that's right <laughs> what were they Orange? <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I didn't get any. <laughs> <laughs> Always a fifth. <laughs> um, yep, so I heard they're on again, and the likes of uh, Hamish Blake and Osher Ginsberg oh. um, and Sean McAuliffe, they're, 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 and, and Sonia, Sonia Kruger's up for the oh, nod. Mate. So a couple of regulars. Yeah, a couple of yeah. regulars. So they, they, they've, they know what it's about, and it, it got me thinking, you know, uh, the Logies, back in Sydney, I heard the other day for the first time in a long time, been okay. in the Gold Coast uh, for the last few years and prior to that, Melbourne, got me thinking, who is the uh, greatest Australian TV talent that we've um, ever come across? Oh. Well, you know, Raymar. Oh, Raymar, yeah. Well, he's one. Has, there was a big thing a few years ago. Was it the fact that it took him so long to win a gold Logie? Yeah. And then he finally got one? I think so. Yeah, I okay, so. yeah. Because it wasn't, it wasn't that he just won the most gold Logies. It no, was, no, yeah, it took he, him forever. I, I think he might have actually even won it in the first year he'd been nominated. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think maybe um, John Wood might have... You know, been nominated oh, 50 mate. times before he finally Blue got Heelers it. Oh, used to carve it up. Yeah. What a show, Blue Heelers. Yep. Um, uh, you know, old Bert Newton, God rest his soul. He was um, yeah. an absolute legend. Almost got knocked unconscious by Muhammad Ali at the Logie. He certainly did. He, he yeah. certainly did. Yeah, he didn't know. He wasn't, wasn't culturally aware of the... Uh, you know, of the, the slang utilised within the Deep South during slavery. Mm, yes. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, so, uh, you know, a fairly famous um, event that was as well. It was um, uh, it gets shown every now and again, doesn't it? That's how, yeah. that's how I saw it. Um, and, you know, you mentioned before all the, um, um, you know, shows and entertainment we, that we have at our disposal. Is, is there anyone that stands out for you as... A legend on the Australian screens. Oh, 
oh, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. If you Straight away, when I think of legendary shows and shows that take you back somewhere, I think of, like, you know, hey, hey, it's Saturday. Oh. You know, like, you know, Daryl Summers. Daryl Summers, yep. Pluck a Duck. Oh, Red Simon. Oh. Yeah. Like, so I think about those sorts of things and, you know, Stuff that has changed. Our society's changed, so mm. we don't we don't see TV the way we did no. back then, obviously. But um, I mean, for me, the greatest personality on television would have to be Ray Warren. Yeah, Rabs yeah. or Richie Benno. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. the um, it's got to be the wide world of sports for me. Yeah, yeah, Cu- couple of absolute legends and um, whose voices are synonymous with particular sports. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but with all this, um, you know. My other question is, mate, with all this um, entertainment, does anyone actually give a shit about the Logies anymore? No, probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it did catch my eye that it was um, coming up very, very soon. Yeah. So come to think about it, how far away are we from uh, broadening the, the scope of the Logies? Oh. You know, it, so I don't even know the history of the Logies. What's the history of it? Is It's purely television. So yeah. how, when when do we... Open that up to streaming, you know, and platforms like that, you know. Oh, because I mean, it's you television. Have to think if you want it to survive, yeah, it, that that's gonna have to be um, the next step. Wouldn't you'd have to imagine? So it's based off the the magazine, the TV Week magazine. Mm. That's where that's where obviously it's come from. Um, yeah, you would think that they wouldn't be far. I mean, magazines are dead. Oh, yeah. So I mean, they've got they'll be they'll be scraping around like a cat on a hot tin roof, trying to find a, a different pathway. So, look, take it as a tip from the sports attention TV week, the Logies. If you want to continue, if you want to, uh, yeah, move on into the future, you got to start adding that streaming yeah. into your uh, into your awards. Indeed, indeed, couldn't agree more. Uh, next thing that caught my eye, mate, Adele. You a fan of Adele? Uh, yeah, I, I mean she's got she's got great pipes. Yeah, great voice, absolutely fan, really powerful voice. You know, mm. uh, something that you know you couldn't mistake her for another for another artist, could you? No, um, she's also one of those artists though that you you know you just you're looking at the the entertainment columns and looking for the next breakup because mm. then you know some bangers are coming. Yeah, yeah. You know, if she's had a, a real heavy breakup, you know, oh, geez, there's going to be a soundtrack and a half on its way. Yeah, and she clearly loves it. She's she's back on stays in Vegas and clearly got a, a, an itch to scratch. Mm. And uh, But, you know, at her most recent show, mate, she, she was really specific about that itch she has to scratch. Um. She's come out and she said live on stage, obviously when I do my shows I wear spandex and keep, to keep everything um, where I want it to be. And I sweat a lot. She's ended up with jock itch. Oh, no. <laughs> She's ended up with jock itch. Oh, <laughs> this is legit. This is legit. So she's ended up with a case of jock itch, yeah. which is a fungal infection of the groin. Yeah. And, yeah, so just... 
Oh, mate, have you ever had jock itch before? I've had jock itch. Oh, before. mate, it is a punish. It is. I've had one serious bout of jock itch. Yeah. And oh, I mean, it is brutal, it fiery. Is. It is fiery. Yeah. It is, but oh, the openness of her. She, she's gone on to say. Yeah, I mean, that's what we love about someone like Adele. That's right. She doesn't pull any punches. I don't know why the fuck I. I just told you all this, and <laughs> she started <laughs> yeah. singing. So I oh, think guests wow. there that night might have um, bitten off a little bit more. Uh, well, gotten a little bit more from Adele than they thought they would, but you know, good honour. So, have you, so just while you're going to jog jog my memory about a singer, so there was a there's a singer is it is it BB Rexa or there's some some singer in the states was performing over the weekend, and um, you know how like fans have got phones that mm-hmm. they like will record and stuff, and someone's actually thrown the phone and hit her in the face. Yeah. Oh, you if you if you've any of the listeners that out there you know go and check it out though I, I haven't got the footage here I, I haven't planned for this so but she's just doing singing a song she just drops out there and then next minute this phone just comes flying on the stage and hits us right and scone like, <laughs> it just busts her up so three stitches in the eye so uh yeah if you want to check that one out it's it's yeah it's crazy but um i reckon adele if you threw a phone at her she'd probably come in and just punch on with you oh, i think so crowd. she'd be pretty fiery adele i reckon she would be i reckon she um you know, she, you know, asked the security guard to step aside and let let, let me yeah, have a go. It's okay, I'll sort this. I've got it from here, boys. Yeah. So yeah, that's what caught my eye. What about you, Gregor? Oh, mate, a uh, bit of sport, mate, has caught my eye. So MJ, the greatest of all time, mate, the goat NBA. Uh, he's decided to uh, sell his asset. In the Charlotte Hornets, mate. Yeah, wow. So there's been a, a statement from the Charlotte Hornets. It's been released confirming that Michael Jordan uh, uh, has an intention to sell his majority portion of the Hornets franchise. So he still has uh, intentions on maintaining a minority stake, which is pretty common around yep. sport franchises. Um, but here's the kicker, mate. Jordan, he's purchased the Hornets for $275 million dollars. In 2010, and we know that Jordan's got cash. Mm. I mean, not only was he a very, very successful athlete, he was an extremely successful businessman with his brand, mm. Air Jordan. So he's got, yeah, he's got a bit of cheddar at his disposal. But I mean, the franchise is now valued at three billion. Thirteen years later, wow. So I mean, he's kicked another goal. Yeah. Oh, very, very smart business, you man. You know, a hefty profit, but it's also an example of the investment opportunities that are around in sports teams now. So they're actually quite a hot commodity. Yeah. You know, businessmen are actually purchasing them. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it a bit later in terms of the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, how they're buying professional sports teams with the eyes of making a profit out of them. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, once upon a time they were a bit of a, a cash drain where people with a lot of money could just throw it away and go and have some fun. Yeah. But now they're actually legitimate businesses that are making a significant profit for, for companies and investors. So, And, and I suppose maybe um, uh, we don't realise that as much uh, here in Australia because we, as we discussed a few weeks ago, you buy an NRL franchise, you, you're not making... No, it's costing you a fortune. Yeah, it's costing you an absolute yeah. fortune. It's a passion project for someone like Russell Crowe, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, and I mean, the goal would be eventually that we would see that in Australian sports. I think obviously our population limits that, you know, those mm. who are right into into those sports and, and are fans and members of the like, you know, they contribute significantly to those sports, but there's nowhere near the worldwide profit margins that, you know, the likes of the NBA, NFL, Premier League, you know, Champions League, 
all those sports make, even MLB, you know, in terms of merch- merchandising and the like. So, yeah, I mean, it's a goal for Australian sports, but, uh, yeah, I think we're still a, a very, very long way from, from any of that. Yeah, but uh, well done to Jordan. Like, well, uh, yeah, he what, keeps... What, what, 13 years? and Yeah. yeah. And he keeps winning. He That's does. That's what goats do. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. What a legend. So another thing uh, that caught my eye over the weekend, mate, uh, Glory Kickboxing. So the uh, Glory Kickboxing promotion had a, a fight night the other day, and um, I only saw it briefly, but one of the, uh, the fighters was uh, finished with a TKO, and um, I'm going to roll the tape for you, mate. Um, and I want you to watch this and tell me what you think has occurred and has led to the stoppage here. So he comes in. He stopped. He's, he's hit him with a one-two. See if we can get some volume on this one. So the referee's called a TKO, and he's lost his front teeth. He's lost his front teeth. Have a look at this. So if we roll it back Straight in, you the see, you see, there, there they are on the front row, oh. on the canvas. So he's got his front teeth, which have ended up on the canvas. Now the catch is, and where my sceptical hippo eyes jumped in with this one, Potty, is the fact that there's no blood. Yeah. So what has happened, which is a pretty interesting one when it comes to fight sports and combat sports, is he's had his grill knocked out. So he's got gold front teeth. He's got a plate. <laughs> he's got a gold plate. So he wasn't worried about the fact that his teeth had come flying out because, oh, no, I've lost my teeth. He was worried because there was probably a couple of grand <laughs> worth, of <gold. laughs> worth of gold laying on the canvas of the, floor, of the, uh, of the ring. Yeah, wow. So yeah, anyway, he's, an- he's asked the ref to yeah, just hold on a second. Yeah, and at times in fighting when your mouth guard falls out and the like, the referee will just go, well, we'll put a hold to it, put the mouth guard back in, we're good to go. But because he was so concerned and he was moving around in circles, the referee's called the fight thinking oh, he's, he's lost his teeth. Yeah. You know, we're going to get a doctor's stoppage for a TKO here. But he turns around and he goes, mate, it's me grill. <laughs> it's me gold teeth. <laughs> So, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, that, that's it. And you would have to, so not only do you, you know, I mean, you're going to have to go and put the gold teeth back in and make sure all the carrots are still present. You certainly will. On top of that, you, you cop yourself a loss on your record as yeah. well. You'd be blowing up. Oh, you would. Yeah, you, you, you know, you'll be um, well known for that. That'll make a few YouTube highlights for a little while as well. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen at home, keep your oral hygiene up. To scratch because you don't want to end up with gold teeth. Okay, <laughs> they may look attractive, and you know rappers have them. But come on, guys, you're not pirates. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get into the footy, mate? Let's go. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here! Now, full disclosure, mate, coming into this one, I was busy as anything over the weekend, so I didn't catch much footy. I got a lot of the highlights, but, uh, yeah, I didn't get to actually sit down and dive in to the NRL like I usually would, mate. But uh, how would we go with the results? 
Yeah, well, it was an interesting round. Obviously, Origin affected. Um, we had uh, a cracking game up in North Queensland where um, the Cowboys came over the top of your Panthers 27-23, uh, an unusual scoreline. Mm. Um, then you had the Knights um, going down to the Roosters. The Roosters won 18-16. Uh, close contest. It was, um, you know... One of those games where both teams played well at stages and both teams yeah. played poorly at stages, but never really at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Eels absolutely smacked um, Manly, and both of them were very heavily injury slash origin affected, 34 to 4. Really happy with that as a para fan, but Manly were dreadful. They were horrible. Yeah. Um, so just one on that one. Mm. I When I was watching it, so the professional foul... It was a KO weeks. KO weeks, yep. The professional foul on that. Where where, where did you sit on that? Obviously, being a Parramatta fan, I just want to get your take on it because I looked at it and I was like, what? Like, you know, how do you – you can't just remove yourself. Mm. You know, if he doesn't kick the ball – and I, was it Hopgood who kicked it through? or Hopgood was chasing. Yeah, or yep. Hopgood was chasing, yeah. So it was kicked through. But if he doesn't kick it and he gives the pass to Hopgood – Yep. K.O. Weeks has already got to be preparing for that contact. Yeah. So because he chooses to kick it, Hopgood, they're in each mm. other's way and there's a collision there. You know, it wasn't a tackle as such. But, you know, I, I think, yeah, for me it was sort of like there's no way in my interpretation of rugby league that that's a professional foul. It might be a penalty. Yeah. But it's not a professional foul because it was, you know, if you take that fifty on the 50-metre line, is that a professional foul? Yeah. Yeah, um, the the term professional foul. I'm just not sure if it's really got a a a, um, a place in, in the game yeah. because it, professional foul means you're deliberately giving away a penalty. Don't we see that? You know, uh, but but that's a, that's my whole point is the fact that, and we'll we'll get into it a bit further with another you know coined term that the referees are using. But this idea that KO Weeks was meant to just disappear and he wasn't already preparing for a contact. And you think about Jermaine Hopgood. Mm. He doesn't mosey on over the line. He run, he hits the line with speed. So if you're defending and Jermaine Hopgood's running at you, you're preparing yourself for contact early. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, well, f- f- the idea of a penalty try straight away, they got that right. There was another player yeah. back there, so wipe that off the table. The penalty... Um, Look, I think what cost KO Wakes was the fact that he stuck his arm out. So he didn't just stand there and hold his ground. He actually had his arm out at one stage. Mm. So I think that would have been the logic um, as to why they... Um, Which looks great in slow motion. It does. It looks great yeah. in slow motion. I'm just not a massive fan of um, looking at too much in the game in slow motion. Yeah, like I agree. Yeah, I think it should be looked at in real time. Maybe when you're looking to see if there's a foot on the sideline or something like that. Yeah. And maybe if you, you know, something of that nature, you drop it down to ultra slow-mo. And other than that, you just use it for the highlights because they look pretty spectacular when they mm. do those epic dives in slow motion. Um. There was another instance later in the game where the uh, video ref um, went uh, upstairs. Uh, sorry, the ref went upstairs um, asking whether there was interference on Bailey Simonson who was running through. And it sort of looked a little bit similar, except it was clear that Bailey Simonson had slipped and lost his footing. Yeah. So uh, 
if it was a sin bin, it was probably on the um, the softer side of them. But that, and that's the thing that I'm sort of suggesting here is the fact that, yes, it was a penalty because it mm. appeared to impede him from – but, yeah, a professional foul and automatically you got to go to a sin bin. I'm like, no, oh, man, like that's – yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was a little bit tough. Uh, what I will um, – my only concern would be if you decide to say, oh, there are some instances where we're now going to say to, um, uh, oh, look, it's a penalty, but it's not a professional foul. You're just going to get teams just going, oh, they're only penalising, so just grab them and just pull them down. Yeah, but there's intent, and that's what we've always talked about when we've mm-hmm. looked at these things. It's it's refereeing and adjudicating rugby league black and white where the game is clearly grey. Yeah. That's right. You know, and, and, and intent, it's the same with the refereeing. If you're going to make a tackle and they pass it into your hand, they'll go, no, six again. Mm. Because you're making a tackle, you played at it essentially. It's like, no, for 100 years they refereed it as if it was played at. Yeah, that's right. What you did, know, yeah. like, it's, yeah. But anyway, we're going to go down a rabbit hole here if we keep down this track, mate. So we, the Eels. Eels, very impressive. That uh, Manly were actually lucky. They, they, there was four tries disallowed to Parramatta as well. Mm. A couple of them were Quite clearly no tries, and then there was another two that could have gone either way. So they were kind of lucky, but they were absolutely dreadful, uh, considering Ryan Madison was playing 5-8, I mean, you know. Um, Then um, the uh, Storm, very professional, um, smacked uh, the Tigers, although that six points from the Tigers, something worth mentioning, Grego? Oh, Alex Twal. Alex Twal. Scored his first try after 116 games in the NRL. Yeah. And um, so that was pretty impressive. Uh, and uh, all the Tigers boys got around him and were cheering. It was a great moment. Vossi went off in the box and then they got smacked. Yeah, you still lost. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm pretty know. sure Alex Twal would give that uh, that try back for two points. Two exactly. Two points. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but in saying that too, and this is the thing, like I, I like it's always been a running joke on social media about Alex Twal's lack of try scoring. But at the end of the day, it's not his job. That's right. You know what I mean? So it's sort of yeah, for me it's just like, oh yeah, it's a it's a bit of a piss take, it's a bit of a laugh, but at the end of the day to to bloody make it as if it's, you know, some crowning achievement that he scored a meaty. Like, that's right. That's it's not what you're asking him to do each week. You're asking he's done he does his job pretty well in other facets. Yeah. Oh, I agree that it was um, you know, something of an an you know, an anomaly that he hadn't yeah. scored one of those type of tries before where the ball had just bounced to him and he, yeah. but, you know, it was I'm pretty sure that um he'd give, you know, that try and any other try that he might happen to to score in his career to win a few more games. Yeah. Um, and then we moved on to um, the Dogs and the Sharks, and the Sharks absolutely thrashed the Dogs, who were pretty dreadful as well, 48 to 10. Mm. Um, they um, were fielding the youngest team in the NRL, I think, this year, Yeah, the Dogs. So they're lacking a bit of experience, a bit of size through the middle, a bit of polish, and... Um, They'll they'll be building over the next few years. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And uh, then we had the Broncos, Raiders, Dragons, Warriors, Rabbits, Titans, and Redcliffe. 
On the buy. On the buy. Uh, match of the round, mate. Your prediction was the Panthers-Cowboys. Yeah, I stuck with that. It was really really good contest. Um, Cowboys came out and started really well. And then the Panthers, I thought at half time, I thought, oh, well, this is just going to be another Panthers uh, professional show where they just run all over them. And uh, the Panthers went off the boil a little bit. But the Cowboys really came out and got back into the contest and and they ended up sending it to Golden Point and uh, Scott Drinkwater scored a cracking try. Yeah, to, well, um, it was a good try. To end the game. Uh, so well done, Drinky. So I had the um, I had the Eels versus the Sea Eagles as my match of the round. And you know what? I'm going to do a sports detention first and I'm going to plead the fifth on this one. Mm. Played the fifth. So I didn't give enough attention to the round of rugby league, obviously flat out like a lizard drinking. Um, so I'm going to play the fifth. Uh, but I did, out of all the highlights I watched, the Panthers-Cowboys game was a, was a ripper. Yep. It, it was the um, it was the contest that if, you, if I was going to tell you to sit down and watch one game all the way through, yeah. knowing you're a Panthers fan, you know, that's, um, you know, would obviously – be a problem because they lost, but yeah. it's it's the game you want to watch. Well, I te- and you know I tipped against it. I tipped the Cowboys, and the purely the reason why I tipped the Cowboys, and I was absolutely stoked as a Panthers fan that we we're in the game. Mm. We, you know, we're a chance of winning it because you know we the halves, like you know, they had Townsend and Deirdre in there, like you know, drink water at the back, so they they really had their spine minus Reese Robson. So you know, you would expect the Cowboys to be able to do the job up there. So, Jack Cogger, now he's been in a couple of systems. He was at Newcastle for a while. Was he at the Dogs as well? Yeah. And uh, now he's out at Penrith. He's been there nine months, and you see the way he's playing, the way he's controlling yeah. a game. If you're a young half and the Panthers are off in your contract. Yeah, and we, you, yeah. you know, you raised this last week. Mm. You know, that's I, – th- I, I think I, I couldn't agree with you more on that one, mate. Yeah. So I think people are going to come knocking for him, as you mentioned last week, the same as they did for um, Sean O'Sullivan. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's where you'd be sending your your young half to develop. Yeah, it'd be a a pretty uh, pretty good tip, that one, mate. Um, Oh, very good, mate. All right, mate, what else have we got? So a few discussion points, mate. The the one that I raised before that I sort of brushed over, the – the key terms of the of the refereeing are lingua, linguistics, lingo, uh, not in the act of scoring oh. a try, Potty. Where are you at with the term not in the act of scoring a try? All right. So the instance you're speaking about where, um, who was it, stole the ball when he was, uh, uh, when... Uh, we talking about the same one. So I'm talking about the Knights. Bradman Best was yep. going over through. Yep. But he was backwards. And he was backwards. And someone's reefed it out? Yep. Yep. He's over the try line. Yeah. What's he trying to do? No, he's not in the act of scoring a try, mate. Unbelievable, mate. <laughs> now, I would go a step further, Potty, and I would say that if you get the football under your arm, you're in the fucking act of scoring a try. Mate. I mean, uh, even Alex Twal yeah. would be in the act of scoring a try if he's got the pill underneath the wing. So in the very next game, Gutho did the same thing, raked the ball out when somebody was over the line. He was about a metre and a half off the deck, raked it out, yep. let him run away with it, made yep. 10 yards. So where's the consistency, number one? I just don't understand why they make this difficult. He's over the try line. 
If you let him go, is he going to put it down? Yeah, exactly. He's in the act So of technically, you're, if you are running hmm. on the 50-metre line, you hit a, a loaded defensive line, two players fall off, and there's two left on you, yep. and someone reefs it, you're in the act of scoring a try. Because two have fallen off. What happens when the next one falls off and you get through and you score a try? Yeah. You're in the act. Yeah. Oh. Like it's just it's causing confusion and it's dumb. Now, I'm going to put it out to you. Sonny Bill Williams was the little science project of rugby league. Sonny Bill Williams went to rugby union. Now, I would suggest that Sonny Bill Williams offload and his ability with the ball in his hand were not diluted by the fact that he was playing rugby union. Would you agree with me? Mm, yeah. He, was, he, was, he brought the offload to rugby. Yep. In rugby union, you can just strip the ball. Yeah. No matter where. Yeah. So why don't we in rugby league just incorporate that? You can strip the ball at any time. So you control the ball and players will very, very quickly adapt to the mm. fact that the ball can be t taken at any time. We see it already. Yeah. They'll go in for the one-on-ones and the drop-offs and stuff. Players have just adapted straight to that. They'll listen for the call. They're dropping off. They'll tuck the ball. They'll squeeze. They'll hold it. Yeah. And they won't turn over, over possession. Mm. Simple as that. Just bring in, you strip the ball. Yeah, well, it, it would simplify, simplify things. Mm. Oh, I think there's a lot of ways they could simpl simplify things that are inconsistent. Another um, frustrating point for me is the um, uh, advantage, whether advantage has been taken. Oh, yeah. How do you know? It's, it's a lottery. Do you know what I think they should do? Uh, take what they do over in the Super League. Free play. Yeah, free play. Free play. Pick, pick up the ball. Yeah, Free like play, you, you get it back, you're going to see some attacking play. Yeah, I like it. You know, Munster picks up the ball, does your, a chip. Your advantage is a try. Yeah, that's right. But that would also mean, and we've got a debate, that if you're going to give them a free play, at what point of the free player in the, are they in the act of scoring well, a try? Oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> when are they oh. in the act of scoring a try? Because, I mean, if you pick up the ball, I mean, that's the advantage over because you are in the act of scoring a try in my definition. Mate. Well, that's right. Oh, oh well, oh, anyway, mate. we could yeah, go we, even oh, further mate, on that. We've absolutely debunked that, haven't we? We have. Ruined. Yes. Uh, mate, um... What I thought we could do for the next part here, mate, is so for the listeners at home, they, they'd have no idea. But um, prior to the start of the season, you put together a little bit of a prediction list for me that I've just been holding in my back pocket. Okay, I asked, asked for it, you dropped it. We didn't really go anywhere with it, but I thought we'll bring it back in for the mid-season and see how far off the mark you were. Yeah, right. During that, sounds... that time. So I'll shoot it over to you and then I want you to reflect on your thoughts. And, mate, I'll tell you what, you've done pretty good. So wooden spoon, mate. Wooden spoon, I've gone the West Tigers. Look, the West Tigers are doing better than where they were at the beginning of the year. Um, still not great. Still not great. And Do look, they get the wooden spoon, though? Uh, um, what do the look, dragons I, I, step in? Look, I'm... They're in last at the moment. Yeah. So um, 
look, as, as far as I'm concerned, they're wooden spoon worthy, so I'm going to stick with them. Yeah. Um, the Dragons, it's it's who happens to fall over the most wins yeah. between um, now and then. They're both um, not travelling too well, and obviously it could go from bad to worse, so I could see why you picked the Dragons, but I'll stick with the Tigers. So, Premiers, mate, you had beat the Panthers and win the comp. Do you stick with that statement? or 100%. Best defence in the comp. Um, they Are they the team they were uh, last year? Probably not. Are they a team that I think defensively will be absolutely ruthless in the semis? Yep. You beat the Panthers, you win the comp. Dally M winner. You had Payne Haas. Payne Haas. Yep. Pretty uh, good pick, that one. Yeah, I think so. I think we might be seeing... I believe it'll be our first front rower to win the Dallium medal. Jason mm. Taumalolo picked it up um, uh, or about eight years ago now, maybe 20, yeah. 2015. Lock forward, technically. Though, yeah, lock you? forward. Yeah. So, you know, I um, we'll, we won't give that one to him. Now, look at this. I'm going to drop this one on, oh. on the listeners. This is... This is a good one. So, first coach to go. You you started off with no one, but you said Hook won't be there next year. Yeah. So, you had it. Yeah. You pretty much had it. You you know, you then sort of doubled down and went, oh, could we go the whole season without a coach getting sacked? Knowing very well that there was a coach getting sacked. Yeah. I I could see what you're going with there. So, Hook, I'm going to give that one to you. You've you've nailed it. Um. Yeah, so um, yeah, he he was a dead man walking at the beginning yeah. of the year, unfortunately for Hook. Once they made him reapply, mm, yeah, uh, well, the right the writing. Was I knew I was in some trouble then. Uh, then um, sign, uh, signing of the year, signing mate. Of the year. Yeah. I didn't, most people would have expected me to go with um, a, a player, uh, and you've obviously seen some pretty good signings. But I've gone with uh, Andrew Webster, a coach. Yep. out at the Warriors. You're sticking with that. I'm sticking with that. Yeah, he's he's been a good pickup. Yeah, he's been really good for them over there, and um, they look like they might be heading for finals football for the first time in a while, and. and they might even push up into the top four if they could string a few wins together. They've been impressive so far this year. So I don't know if they're going to do anything special this year, but I think he's building them in the right direction. So still with one game to go on the Origin, you had an early Origin bolter. Who yep. was your suggestion on that one, mate? Uh, went Jermaine Hopgood. So, look, I think I'm probably going to miss out on that one. There needs yeah. to be two or three injuries in the Maybe, forwards. Yeah, I mean, there was some injuries game one, if there are some injuries. I mm. mean, he's still playing in – he's still in very good form. He is, he yeah. is. He could have easily been signing of the year. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, they've just got – an embarrassment of riches in the forward pack this year, which is a little bit unusual for Queensland. They they sometimes don't have quite as many mm. to pick from, or at least that's what the Queenslanders would have oh, you mate, believe. I tell you, they've yeah. got no one. That's worst right. team in history. Oh, worst team in history. That's Fuck right. Wits. There's only eight immortals in this team. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jim, he might play, but I think there probably needs to be an injury, a suspension or two. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Origin two, mate, the preparations. Hmm. We kick off tomorrow. Yep. Um, where are you? Where are you? We've we've sort of let four or five days sort of go by. You're confident? Where do you think the Blues are? Latrell's dropped out, obviously. Look, losing Latrell was a big one. Yeah. I think he was our ace in the deck. Um, he was going to win an Origin Series off his own back um, oh, four weeks ago. Yep. Um Tommy Turbo was our other ace in the deck, but has just been um, 
isn't a shadow coming, of yeah, his form. He's not stuff. coming in with a rich vein of form that we would like. If we are to um, win up at Suncorp, uh, which we will, yep. um, Tommy Turbo is going to be um, getting the three, two, one. Yeah, player yeah. of the match. Yeah, he's going to be getting. Oh, well, he's going to be right up there. Uh, yep. I am um, obviously some of the. Um, you know, Mitchell Moses, he's had a lot of press around him. I think he'll play well. I think he'll um, steer the team around. I think he'll kick very well. His long kicking game yeah. will um, be an asset to the team. And um, I, I think if he's confident enough to go out there and feel like he doesn't have to be Nathan Cleary, he just has to be Mitch Moses. Yeah, I think um, New South Wales will do something special up there. So for New South Wales fans, the exciting thing is the fact that a victory tomorrow night is going to go down as one of the origin great victories. It is. Because, you know, Queensland will say that they're the underdogs because that's what they do. But the fact that we'll go up there and we'll just absolutely feed it to them in their own backyard. Mm. And, you know, due to the injuries that we've had, you know, the disrupted preparation, you know, backs against the wall sort of stuff. It's Hollywood. Yep. You know, and the fact that we'll go up there and we'll get the job done, Mitchell Moses will become a hero of the state of New South Wales after tomorrow night. Mm. And we'll go into that decider. And Queensland will be trotting south of the Tweed with their tail between their legs. Yeah, mate, that's exactly what I see happening. And, you know, it's Queensland like to paint it, their little story, their little fairy tale that oh, they, yeah. um, that, you know, they always win at the death. But look at New South Wales history. Michael O'Connor, goal from the sideline. Yeah. Sean Timmons, field goal, 40 out, was it? Genko, try yeah. uh, after nearly 100 metres right at the death. Teddy, just a couple of years ago, scored to, to win the series. But that's all based off one try. Mm. And that was just – I'm pretty certain that Mark Coyne – was suffering from a serious bout of concussion and just found himself at the line and fell over. Yeah, well, it's it's it was a great try. I'll give it to him. You know they lost that series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah <laughs> there was no miracle in that. <laughs> anyway, uh, mate, how do you see it playing out? Uh, look, I I think the the good thing for us is you know Latrell obviously he's come out which is which is a blow for the for the squad. But Crichton comes in. Crichton was one of our better players in Origin One anyway. Yeah. So I think, like you said previously, the fact that we've dropped game one is always a blow and Freddie's had a reputation of dropping that game one, which puts us on the back foot. But, you know, I mean, we if you're going to win the series, you've got to go out and win this game. Simple as that. That's right. Go and do it. Yeah. And if New South Wales do win it up there, the narrative will completely spin because we're playing the third game in New South Wales and it'll be like, oh, New South Wales yeah. can't. Can't lose this, but the the equation's still going to be the same for Queensland. Then still got to just win one game. Yeah. So so the Queensland team then becomes from one of the greatest young Queensland teams coming through to now the worst team in Origin history again. Oh well, yeah. that's right. Because that's what they do. Yeah. All right, mate. So look at the next round of footy, and uh, just for our listeners too. So you're well aware we'll have a. Uh, Origin wrap episode for Origin 2 on Thursday morning. That'll be an early morning drop, that one. So, yeah, check out your local podcast providers for further content coming from the Sports Detention. 
Yep, indeed, mate. And we'll certainly be pretty happy as we go through. Um, oh, we'll be, yeah, yeah. we'll be stoked. Absolutely. So uh, next week, mate, uh, we've got the Dragons versus the Warriors, uh, Redcliffe versus the Eels, Penrith versus the Knights. Hoping to see a, um, uh, a rematch of what we saw early in the year from the Knights, a really tight contest. The Storm versus Manly. Hmm. Um, Broncos versus the Titans, Rabbits versus the Cows, and the Roosters versus the Raiders. It looks like there's going to be some good football there. Yeah, it's a good round. Mm. Yeah, good round. And it'll obviously, you know, will be determined by players backing up from origin. Mm. So, uh, yeah, some interesting matchups. And my um, match of the round, I've gone for uh, South versus the Cows. Pivotal game. Uh, about five or six weeks ago, I thought the Cows were gone. They've managed to string some wins together and some impressive performances. Uh, but at this stage, they're still out of the eight. Yeah. Um, and they, they really need to win. South, on the other hand... They're sitting comfortable, but they've been a bit win-loss, win-loss for about four or five weeks mm. now. So um, I'm, pre- I'm predicting, you heard it here first, golden point thriller. Golden point thriller? Yep. Back-to-back golden points for the cows. That's right, mate. Mm, okay. Match of the round for me. What do I reckon? Um, look, I'm going to go for the Broncos versus the Titans. Mm. The right. Battle of SEQ. South East Queensland. Now, the reason why I'm going to go that is because the Broncos will have some players coming back from origin. Mm. Titans are nowhere near as bad as what they have appeared to be in the past. They're actually a decent football side who can score points. So fatigue being uh, ever-present in that game, hopefully, can sort of open up. And I'm hoping for an entertainment delight. Mate, I like it. I mm. like it. If the Titans could just fix up their second halves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'd be a, I such mean, a they good can team. score points. Points mm. is not the problem. It's no. just when you leak 60 every week. That's right. You know, it becomes hard to win matches. Yeah. The old 26 points not being enough to win. Yes. Yeah, no one's winning a comp there. Ah, very good, mate. So that is us from the footy. Um, mate. Bit of entertainment. I did get some time in front of the box this week. Yeah. Um, and I checked out uh, the ESPN documentary. Did you catch that one as well, mate? I did, mate. I did. You, you, you shot it through to me on, I think it was uh, Sunday afternoon, and I, I, I whacked it on. Quite Once a, upon a time in Anaheim. Yeah, I found it really interesting. Yeah, it was a good one. It was only a short documentary. It goes for about 50, 50 odd minutes. Mm. Um, so it's about the, the Anaheim Ducks or the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, as they were known uh, in their, when they were brought into the NHL. So, you know, it's a, it's a pretty fascinating documentary. Obviously, we're, we're all massive fans of the, of the Mighty Ducks franchise oh. in terms of the movies from yep. Disney. You couldn't be of our age and not love the Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah. It was um, – but it's a really, really bizarre sort of story where it's led to the fact that a franchise or a professional sporting team was brought out of this story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was quite unbelievable. Did you Were you familiar with the story before um, watching the docker? I knew. I knew the fact that they were owned by Disney. Yep. I knew the fact that it, it – but – not the ins and outs of it. So basically, and the best thing about this doco is it goes into not only the franchise, but it goes into the beginnings of the movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the dynamic 
takes us all the way back to the concept of and Steve Brill, the writer of the Mighty Ducks, Ducks film. Now, I was basically for the first 10 minutes or so, I'm going, oh, what? You know, the names are coming in. So Steve Brill was a roommate of Pete Berg. So, yeah. you know, and like Steve Brill, we're talking about heavyweights, Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, the Mighty Ducks, you know, so Drillbert Taylor. Look, yeah. So he's written some pretty good some pretty good movies. And Pete Berg, obviously, Friday Night Lights, Hancock, Lone Survivor. So he was an out-of-work actor living with Steve Brill mm. in – you know, an apartment together. So, I mean, they've done all right out of each other, you and, know. And when you think about what that – because he spent, what, six or seven months doing nothing but writing the script, as yeah. I'm sure most writers do. Um, so they had no cash no. and they've just written this script. Now, they – the idea of the script bounced around, you know, Brill put everything into it. Disney picked it up straight away. So, which is a bit of a home run when you're you yeah, know, an yeah. out-of-work writer, you know, Disney that's, comes that's massive, you know, and the and the Mighty Ducks franchise was ma- mammoth, yeah. you know. You think about the Disney, you know, the way they work. They, they don't miss. Yep. You know, they throw everything behind it. So, you know, I mean, it was that big, even for our younger listeners, that, I mean, there was kids in Australia that were taking up roller hockey. Yeah. You yeah. know, it was, it was huge. Everyone so, was getting a pair of rollerblades, weren't they? Yeah. So the so the film sort of dives into it um, and goes into the idea of the fact that you know the LA Kings had just signed Wayne Gretzky. So Gretzky and the it was actually the owner of the LA Kings at the time who suggested to Disney the Disney executives that they should bring another franchise, which yeah. was pretty. I'm like, oh, so you're a direct competitor. Yeah. But um, yes, yeah, so and it was. Bizarre too to think that what was happening. So obviously the Disney Disneyland is out in Anaheim. So for for those who are who have never you know been over to LA or the, it's essentially saying that um, you know it's like Penrith to Sydney. Mm. You know that Anaheim's we're out in the suburbs. Yeah, it's it's on your on its way. You know outside of LA, it's in the Greater Los Angeles area. So it's it's not really considered LA. It's Anaheim. It's yeah. its own little place. So the fact that he's driving out to Anaheim where Disneyland is, and the Honda Center was getting built. Yeah. So it's this, you know entertainment centre which has got no tenants and was built by the council because it was proposed by some developer at the time. So it basically, I mean, it was just a, a marriage made in heaven. Yeah. They, and there was, there was no, there's never been another franchise to play there. There's never been a basketball franchise. They have a few UFCs, they have concerts there and the like. But, I mean, you need regular tenants when you're putting together facilities like that. So... I mean, it was it was a no-brainer. They yeah. just went, oh, well, we'll just, you know, we'll bring this hockey team. We were able to – and, you know, at the last minute they decided, oh, we're going to call them the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Like it was – yeah, it was really, really bizarre. But, I mean, in terms Good of – Good way to get some fans though. Well, yeah, and it was – that's typical Disney though. Yeah. You know, it's what they do. And, you know, at the time it was circumstance as well. So the LA Raiders – and the LA Rams around just in the, the years preceding that ended up shipping off. So yeah. the Raiders went to Oakland, the Rams went to St. Louis. So there was a big shift in franchise sports franchises in LA, which left them essentially for a long period of time with the Kings, 
the Lakers and the Clippers. That yeah. was it. You know, and you think now that it's all sort of changed. They've now got the the Rams and the Chargers have have come back, so the NFL's back in town. Yep. But yeah, for a long period of time, it was such for such a massive city. Yeah, like yeah. they had you know a sh- you know quite a shortage of of professional franchises. So anyway, they've gone out, and that's the way it sort of uh, it has arisen. But the fact that you know the doco goes into them basically creating a hockey franchise yeah. on the back of this where people were just it's unbelievable the how it's just yeah like off the back of a you know a movie and someone's having a chat oh why don't you do that? oh yeah yeah well, yeah let's let's have a go let's have a go at it and the fa- and the way it was so it was they had no idea what the name was going to be, and then at the end of it, they just go Disney. Go, yeah, you know, it's stuff. Are we going to call them the Mighty Ducks? We're going to call them the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, they've since changed, and uh, so they are now yeah. the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. They they were sold by Disney in two thousand and five, I believe. Yeah, but they they charged all the way to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, so it goes through. Obviously, the Doco goes through their run to the Stanley Cup Finals of two thousand and two. Yeah, um, so they they were pretty smart at the time. Mm. You know, they, they picked up a couple of good players. Um, so Paul Correa was yeah. a, another, and Timu Solane were yeah. the two main guns. But obviously in the early phases, they had to go through, they had to graft. They, they had to did. Be, and they were, and Disney was copying a bit of slack because yeah. they had some fighters, yeah. you know. So it wasn't really in the image of what Disney stood for was them bluing. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting. I found it really interesting, their build and how they build over time. That um, that hit that we... Um, oh, on, the um, poor career oh, one. Oh, if you haven't seen it oh, and mate. you don't have a weak stomach, oh, I don't know if I've ever seen a bigger hit. I thought no. he was in real trouble. So it was, it was an off-puck check. Yeah. So, which is completely illegal now. Yeah. It was legal at the time. It blindsided him, just an absolute grub shot. Yeah. But he was out cold. Yeah. So talking about the concussion protocols that we got now, he was out cold for a good two or three minutes. So the scary thing was you're watching it and he's been on the ground for, I'm estimating here, 10 or 15 seconds and then all of a sudden his mask fogs up. His visor fogs up. So he starts breathing again. So he starts breathing again. It's like, oh, wow. And you're going, oh, well, that's... Well, that's him for the season. Yeah. And then... Oh, no. He's back 15 minutes later. 15 minutes later, he's on the bench, and then he absolutely scores a cracker. Yeah, <laughs> like he's I, a good, good player. Yeah, mm. it was a yeah. It's a really good. So I mean, there was no no Charlie Conway or Adam Banks drafted by the Ducks, unfortunately. No, uh, no that would have been a pervy. But the final thing. So there's another thing. So Connie Moreau, um, who was a player in the Mighty Ducks film, and obviously uh, Goldberg, they get a start in the doco, which yeah, was yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, especially Goldberg. Everybody who's, who's read the story about Goldberg, he's done it pretty tough. He's had a few addiction issues and the like. So it was good to see his face in the story. But I was absolutely blown away when Steve Brill was going in to the script of Mighty Ducks, the Gordon Bombay story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How bizarre was that? The yeah. fact that he called Emilio Estevez's character Gordon Bombay Named him after the two gins that he had sitting on his table. <laughs> Why he had Gordon's gin and Bombay Sapphire sitting on his table that he was drinking. Yeah, and he called the main character Gordon Bombay. How good's that? That's a cracker. <laughs> that, I couldn't believe that. 
Oh. I was just like, oh, that'll do me. Yeah. That's that's a win for that one. But yeah, so it was a, it was a pretty good documentary. Um, you know, and obviously, um, you know, a nice little sporting twist to to the uh, you know to the Hollywood styled story of it, which was yeah, uh, t- ticked a lot of boxes, didn't it? it um, yeah. F- you know that um, scratched that sporting itch, but it also took you back to yeah. your youth and um, yeah. It was, I thought it was really good talk. I particularly liked how they talked about how the start to their rise to the Stanley Cup final came from really shaping up to um, the Red Wings. Yeah, so that w- that was pretty that was pretty interesting as well. Yeah, so um, that's on uh, that's on the Ko Sports ESPN sort of channel there. So if anyone's interested in that, once upon a time in Anaheim. Uh, yeah, it's a good little, good little yarn, good little story, and uh, yeah, pretty interesting uh, behind the scenes look at, at the beginnings of the uh, Anaheim Ducks franchise. Indeed, indeed. All good, mate. Should we get into some football? Rightio, mate. So we're in the off-season of the football. However, I thought we're in the off-season. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to have a bit of of an observation uh, statement here. But, I mean, footballers play a lot of football each year. Would you agree with me on that statement? Heaps, yeah. Yeah. Why, after a long European season... Are these footballers being lumped around in all corners of the globe to play for their nations at this time? Mm. Give these blokes a fucking holiday. <laughs> Give them a rest. Like, seriously, the fact that Messi was playing... Like, I, I mean, I come home from over 35 soccer and I'm like, Ripper, just watch a bit of football because I'm trying to unwind and watching Australia versus Argentina. But I'm thinking, how pointless is this? Give these guys a holiday. Yeah. Seriously, most of them have been around Europe or playing even in the A-League season here, and we wonder why footballers are having heart attacks on the field. Well, you think about like, the you think about the season that they've had as well, like this past ten months. Oh, we had a World Cup we as well. We had a World Cup, you <laughs> like, know. Like it's just, just yeah, yeah. You know the whole garbage of the Nations League as well, mm. like the FIFA Na- or UEFA Nations League, and those little. It's like nobody cares about anything but the Euros, the World Cup, and the seasons. Mm. Like, stop trying to siphon cash. Any way which possible, UEFA, FIFA, and the rest of you organisations, and give these guys a rest. Give them a spell. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. But anyway, so the important stuff though of the transfer window—that's obviously, uh, yeah, the the rumours and all that that goes with it has has been uh, in full swing this week, mate. So I've got a few little uh, little notes. That has turned up. So Sergio, Sergio Busquets. It looks like he's reuniting with Lionel Messi at Inter Miami. So mm. they're going to go to the States. A little Barcelona connection. Um, Dejan Kulisevsky for Tottenham. So he's obviously um, he was on loan at Spurs last year and uh, or last season. But he's obviously got the Ange tick of approval, mate. Mm. So uh, they've signed him on a permanent permanent deal, uh, I believe, from Juventus. 
Um, so Kulisevsky will stick at Tottenham next season. Ange won't be having any off-season. No, no. I mean, Ange, he's a go-getter. Mm. He's an Aussie. Um, Arsenal, speaking about the other side of North, North London, they appear to be pushing pretty hard for Kai Havertz from Chelsea, um, which would be a pretty interesting pick-up. I mean, uh, he's, he started off really, really well in the Premier League. He's had a couple of lean seasons, I think, the last two years since winning the Champions League. He has, um, yeah, he hasn't really been delivering for Chelsea, so it might be time for a fresh start for Kai Havertz. Mm. And um, obviously, Chelsea need to need to shift some players. So, mm. Mm. but another interesting point too, Marcus Rashford uh, uh, appears he's in line and has come to terms on a well earned pay rise at, at United. So, yep. a new contract for him. I mean, that's a no brainer as a United fan. You know, he's had a had a great season this past one. Um, but we get into the Saudis, mate. Mm. The Saudis. This is where all the deals are because obviously uh, the transfer season hasn't really heated up until we get into July. You know, mm. that's when it really kicks off. But um, Ruben Neves has apparently agreed to a deal with Al Hilal in yeah. Saudi Arabia. So I spoke last episode about the, the Saudi Premier League, how there's been a big injection of cash from the government, Project 2030, and that whole idea of getting eyes on Saudi Arabia. So $55 million there, Wolves will pick up for Ruben Neves, which isn't a bad pickup, but Neves is only 20, I think 25. Yeah, okay. So to think that Neves is going to Saudi Arabia in the prime of his career... Yeah, best football. Twenty six. Yeah, yep. he's twenty six. You know, so yeah, it's a real interesting one. That one, you know what I mean? To be to head over there at that time, yeah. I mean, still with so much to offer European football, because I mean, there would have been big clubs looking at him. Yeah, definitely. But to make that choice, I mean, he's obviously going to get paid handsomely over there. But mm. anyway, mate, I'm gonna. Uh, read out the next three transfers that look like they're going ahead. And I want to see if you can actually sniff out anything of those transfers. So the first one we've got is Edouard Mendy. You know who Edouard Mendy is? Mm. He's the goalkeeper from Chelsea. He yep. sort of played a bit of back and forth with uh, Kepa Aretha Balaga. Mm. So he's going to Al Ali, it appears. Uh, N'Golo Kante, another Chelsea player. He's going to Al Idihad. And another Chelsea player, Hakim Ziyech, is going to Cristiano Ronaldo's Al Nasser, apparently. And a lot of this uh, comes from uh, is speculation. Some haven't been confirmed. The, the Neves one obviously has. Um, but usually uh, most of my speculation comes from Fabrizio Romano, which he's, I mean, he's as good as they get. Mm. Um, so three Chelsea players, mate. That just seems pretty normal. They've got to shift players. However, mate, my sceptical hippo eyes started, um, you know, tweaking a little on this one. Now, I spoke in my rant last week about Man City and their funding channels yep. and how, you know, they've been able to, you know, the charges are there, you know, allegedly. We'll flick that out there <laughs> for our legal team. The charges are there that they've manipulated sponsorships with, the Abu Dhabi royal family. So that's where the Eddie had sponsorship and the like to, yeah. you know, boost figures to make sure that their books are balancing, yep. you know, whereas a lot of it is, you know, allegedly money being funded in from their owners, yep. which is you can't do it. 
No. Chelsea are owned by Todd Bowley. They're also funded through Clear Lake Investments. Mm. Now, what do you know about Clear Lake Capital? Not much, mate. So Clear Lake Capital have direct links with the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia. Oh. So it just so happens that Chelsea are needing to shift players to clear their books and balance their books and they're being purchased by clubs that have the backing of the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia who just so happen to have this relationship with Clear Lake Capital who manage hundreds of billions of pounds of their money. Does this sound a little bit too convenient to you? Well, that word convenient, mate, it's uh, ringing in my ears. I'll tell you what, it's not getting past the sports detention. No, it's not getting past us. However, it's it just makes you wonder, like, how much, you know, shithousery and skullduggery goes on in these sort of – like, I mean, I am an absolute – moron when it comes to business and understanding this. However, I can read that in an article and go, oh, that's a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how are they – yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. So there's obviously a clear link. So these players who need to be moved on for not only financial reasons for themselves because they're going to pick up a handy pay packet, but Chelsea, the football club, needs to move these players on and it just so happens, hey. Yeah. We need players, you need to sell players. It just so happens we have this mutual relationship where you manage our money. Oh, mate, give me a break. Give me a break. I don't know if it's just me as a bitter Manchester United fan because our owners don't spend any money. Oh, wow. And they don't sell us, which I've been waiting for that for the last six months. Yeah. You certainly have, mate. No closer. No closer, mate. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye out for this whole Saudi Arabia sort of soap opera that plays out. But, uh, yeah, like you said, mate, none of this garbage gets past us here at the Sports Detention, mate. No. We're on to it. We uphold integrity. And speaking of which... Speaking of integrity, should we get into it? Integrity. Well, mate, we have got one of the most unusual integrity reports that we've provided our listeners, and that's an understatement from me, mate. Isn't it? Mate, uh, what do you know about the Women's World Cup? Uh, Australia this year? Yes, yeah, which so, is exciting. Yeah, that's very exciting. And um, it's, it's a big moment. We, we should do all right with the Matildas. Yeah, I think so. Mate. I think so. Do you reckon they're... Where do you reckon? What's your prediction? Um, I think we'll. Uh, I'm going to predict we'll make the semi-finals. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I could be very wrong. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I reckon the quarters. Where do you, how do you reckon Sweden will go? Well, have you? Do you know much of the form line on Sweden? No, I don't know much of the form line on Sweden at the moment. There's been other. Interesting things that we've read in the media over the last few days. Well, there has been, mate. So, um, speaking of the Sweden football team, so we take it back to the 2011 Women's World Cup. 
So there's a Swedish player, uh, player Nilla Fischer, has come out in an autobiography. Um, I'll just, I believe it's her own words. It wasn't ghost written. So um, if I'm incorrect, I apologise on that. However, um, she has just raised an issue and published it within this book around Swedish female players having to show their genitalia prior to the 2011 World Cup to prove that they were women. Yeah. Well, I, what do you think about that, mate? When I first when I first read it, it was one of the strangest things I've read in a while. I was, I was like, "What?" Yeah. Uh, more questions than answers. Came <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How do they get away with that? Did you not tell them to do one? Yeah, yeah. It, it was just, yeah. Like I don't know how that becomes part of your role in a <laughs> in a football organization. I don't know. How the players didn't, as you say, say, oh, no, that's so there, not happening. So there's more behind this. So the gender tests were carried out around the tournament, which was in Germany. Um, however, there was protests from Nigeria, South Africa and Ghana, so African countries, in relation to allegations that the team from Equatorial Guinea, Equatorial Guinea, the home of Eric Musambadi, mm-hmm. Eric the Eel, Sydney 2000 Olympics. Yes. So... Not a good swimming team, but apparently they can play football. So there was apparently an accusation that the Equatorial Guinea squad included men. So, hence the genitalia checks of all the women. I still don't get it. No. Yeah, wow. So, so Fisher goes on to write, and this is reported in The Guardian, so that we were told that we would not shave down there. So they go even further with their requests <laughs> in the coming days and that we would show our genitalia for the doctor. You know, no one understands the thing about shaving, <laughs> but we do but we do as we are told and we how to how did it get to this was the question that was posed by all the players. Now, if we if we Take ourselves, you know, 12 years later down the track to where we are today. And it's a pretty big issue, yep. you know, the, the the gender politics around sport. And, you know, I've made my – I can only speak for myself. I've made my position pretty clear. If you've got a dick, you're a bloke. If you've got a vagina, you're a girl. You can't change DNA. Mm. Simple as that. That doesn't go into the social dynamics of no. gender. I'm not even going to talk about that because I haven't got enough time. Yeah. Now, to compete – We've blurred those lines in certain things and we know that there's backlash around, you know, college athletics and the like um, in terms of this idea. I, I think it needs to be cut and dry, simple as that. However, to make someone prove their genitalia, I still don't think that cuts it. You know, these days we're basically, oh, there's examples there where they're just going, oh, it's too hard, basket, we'll just let them play. Yeah. You know, I mean, how crazy is that for you to request a female to prove that they are a female that is disgrace oh it is i to to be fair i, I couldn't believe when i was reading it, i couldn't believe it was the first time i was hearing about it. yeah yeah the, it this was, is unbelievable yeah, yeah it was shocking yeah so so on on a bright note hmm. um if we go glass half full it was a female jo- doctor who examined hmm. you know so 
you know, we can at least go far out. There was there was no bloke putting himself at serious risk of, of yeah. his uh, his professionalism being questioned, which is great. Okay, so they got that one right. Not really. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, it made me think straight away is what the job title would be. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you've just – imagine getting the, you know, the – the quote or, you know, getting brought in, all right, this is what we need you to do. You're the you're the team doctor. We need you to, you know, just double check that everyone's bits are in order. You know, the, yeah. I mean, first and foremost, as a medical professional, I'd be going, no. No. What are you talking about? But it also got me thinking about, like, inflated job titles yeah. as well. So, like, how do you get, like, in pe- how people just create their own job title? Yeah. So... Some common ones that we'll we'll see is a loss prevention officer. Yeah. Like or just a bag checker bag. at the front. <laughs> yeah, a waste removal engineer. Mm. A garbo. You got any, mate? What about uh, a retail Jedi? A retail Jedi. <laughs> That's a shop assistant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh what about um I, I work in brand evangelization. Oh. I'm marketing. Marketing. Well, <laughs> yes. on marketing, what about a wizard of light bulb moments? Oh. <laughs> marketing director. <laughs> or a talent acquisition coordinator. Yeah. I work in recruitment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about a chief chatter? Oh, yeah. A Who's call it? center manager. Oh, there you go. Well, I'm thinking what, what could possibly be the title of the job that this poor doctor had to do while she was analysing the genitalia of the Swedish national football team, mm. the women's team. I was thinking maybe a clitoral confirmer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's all I can think yeah, of. Yeah, mate. <laughs> 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 what sort of yeah. job? I mean, advertising for the position. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yes. I mean... Yeah. Vaginal inspector. <laughs> oh, mate. It's just, yeah, I I can't even think of it. But what an absolute G up. So in terms of integrity, it doesn't get much worse than that, no. does it? No. When, you, when the integrity checkers that we are here at the sports detention are left speechless, yeah. you, you know something's going on. You know there's a problem. Oh. oh, very good, mate. So the integrity report... We've done it again. ...is is very, very clear. I know we live in a, a bizarre world these days, but to the Swedish women's football team, I mean, we're with you. We think it's an absolute joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you reckon, mate? We get into some more sport? We love it. Fight time, Gregor. Fight time, mate. Uh, there was a pretty uh, good UFC fight night on the weekend, mate. I caught the uh, – it was the only live sport I caught, actually, uh, which was uh, Marvin Vittori versus Jared Cannonier. Uh, did you catch the fight, did you, mate? I didn't catch that fight. Now, I would suggest, and for any of the listeners at home who just might find themselves around the KO Sports 
looking at the replays, check out the main event, Marvin Vittori versus Jared Cannon. Yeah, it was an absolute barn burner of a fight. Mm. Marvin Vittori, um, I I mean, I don't know how he stayed on his feet. It was, yeah, it was it was a good old-fashioned brawl, that one. Yeah. Um, goes the distance. Uh, Cannon, yeah, you know, his, sli- his jab was pretty slick early. And he finally sort of overwhelmed Vittori, um, caught him with some big shots, had him had him on uh, on wobbly legs at the end of the second. But uh, Vittori was just, you know, just gutted it out. Uh, Jared Cannon, yeah, he started off with Southpaw, so it was Southpaw versus Southpaw because Vittori's a Southpaw, so he went in to, just to try and get at the legs, yep. um, yeah, and trying to get those get those leg kicks in. However, it wasn't really working for him, and as soon as he went back orthodox, he just looked, you know, a step ahead of him in the stand-up, and it was it was an absolute ripper of a fight, um, you know. And he just went to work from that point, and ended up getting the a pretty convincing, convincing decision win on that one. Yeah, um, yeah it could have been stopped earlier, um, you know, but Vittori was never given up. So, you know, that's where a corner sort of can step in. But, you know, he was always in it with a with a shot. But, yeah, great fight. So I'd encourage anybody who, who has a spare moment, want to scroll through and, and check that one out, get amongst it. Well worth the watch. Well worth the watch. And the other one that might be well worth the watch, or well, it definitely is, is um, was Manuel Torres versus Nicholas Motta. Now, this is a first-round knockout for this one, so you won't, won't have to look too far for this, but... It was an, I mean, they both traded early, and it goes for about three minutes to fight. But you know, Torres knocking Motter out with this elbow—it was a thing of beauty, and he absolutely lifted him. Um, so I'd encourage you guys to go and, uh, yeah, go and check that out. And the other finish on the on the card was uh, Pat's. Uh, Sabatini, he got an arm triangle submission. Uh, he just sort of overpowered there. wasn't the wasn't the most beautiful submission that you'll see, but it was uh, yeah, it was well done, well executed, and mm. uh, yeah. So a couple of couple of really good fights there. So yeah, check out the replays if you want. Yeah, will do. And on to boxing, mate. The boxing, mate. What did you think of that one? Wow, like <laughs> it was what a what a performance in the first round KO. Yeah, Tim yeah. Zoo. So. Before we get into the Tim Zoo fight, I just want to take my hat off to George Rose. Gorgeous George Rose. Yeah. I just love... What a personality. You know, the fact that gorgeous George has obviously is obviously making a decent shake for himself in the world of boxing promotion, which we know, you know, throughout history is a very, very tough game. You know, like, there's you don't make many friends in boxing promotion. You know, and George has always been a pretty good personality around rugby league. So, you know, whatever he's doing and, you know, I hope he's doing it well. And, um, yeah, I I just love seeing good personalities like uh, George Rose, you know, especially promoting good Aussie fighters like Tim Zoo. Yeah, and but to win in such convincing fashion, like, Ocampo's a good fighter. Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's for a world title. Like, he's, he's a genuine... Contender. Oh, I mean, Tim Zoo went out there with bad intentions. Yeah, <laughs> there was no like. I was watching it, and you know, if you paid for that on pay per view, I mean, yeah, it was worth it. 
I mean, because it was bad intentions, but I'll tell you what, like, I felt like I got a bargain watching it on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> After the fact, because I got to watch the whole fight because it was so quick. Um, Off to America? Uh, yeah, he was pretty adamant that that's where he's going next. I'd say that's probably the next step for Tim Zhu. But Vegas, baby? Yeah, and, and there's, I mean, the talk will start. There's there's a couple of um, a couple of really good fights. I'd like to see him get over there and work his way into those those bigger fights. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of back and forward um, that's going on at the moment with a, a few of the the bigger fighters over there. So, um, so um, yeah, he's he's obviously ideal opponent would be. Um uh, is it um, Jamel Charlo? Yeah, Charlo. Yeah. So they're, they're sort of going back and forth with each other. Um, so I heard the other day there's whispers, there's talk that you know how the NRL's taking a double header over there. They oh, yeah. have Tim Zoo fighting the same weekend. Oh, that'd be massive. Yeah. So that would be awesome. Would, wouldn't that be a boys' weekend? Yeah, I think Thurman would be that, that could possibly be an entry level fight. Um, Keith Thurman, like mm. you know, Keith Thurman's not. So there's Charlo as well, is over there. Um, but I think those fights. That's where I'm sort of saying I don't. I wouldn't like to see Tim Zhu go over there and jump straight into those those bigger fights. And I know that obviously they'll they'll have a plan for him. But get over there, get a few a few wins in the US under his belt, yep. and then uh, yeah, I think those massive fights will be there for him down the track. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, looking at Carlos Acampo, I mean, at the end of that fight where he was turned around and then Zoo just finished him with that, that hook, it reminded me of, like, karate clips when, like, a kid joins the local dojo and has never sparred before. Mm. Like, it was brutal. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, well... But, um. Yeah, it was pretty um pretty impressive and uh, it's exciting to see what the future might hold for yeah. Tim. Bad intentions, mate. And uh yeah, it was very, very good for the fans up there. Uh the F one, mate. Okay, so the F one. Maxi. Maxi Verstappen. He's uh too good at the moment, isn't he? Another clinical victory soaring away from the pack in Canada. Yeah. Um and this basically um puts to the sword uh his teammate Sergio uh Perez's Championship hopes. Yeah, uh, he took pole in the wet and uh, was too good from there, and um, finished ahead of uh, Fernando Alonso, who's been around a long time now, hasn't he? Yeah, and uh, former world champion and Lewis Hamilton, obviously uh, seven-time uh, champion. So, so when I was looking to put together my multi mm. this weekend, I looked at Max Verstappen, and I think I actually had to pay sports bet. <laughs> to put the bet on, that's how low his odds were. Yeah, <laughs> like it was just not even worth no bang, looking at. No it. bang for your back. No, Red Bull's hundredth um, uh, GP win. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's big for yeah. them. And Verstappen equaling uh, legend Ayrton Senna's uh, forty-one race victory. So he's well on his way to being one oh, of the greats. Mate, isn't he? He's young too. Yeah, yeah he Max is. Verstappen. Like to be able to be at that level. Mm. Um, you know, at his stage of his career is pretty impressive, you know, especially 41. So it 25. Is, it is, but it's really interesting, isn't it? Like someone like Lewis Hamilton won a world championship when he was really young and then um, was away from it for a few years and then won six out of seven. 
and then yeah. almost fell off a cliff overnight. Someone like Sebastian Vettel came but in and won four in a row and then never again. It's the manufacturers, though. It is. You yeah. know, and I suppose that's that's one of the things that, that plays a massive part. So when, when Hamilton came in and drove for McLaren... You know, he, he got that good start, but mm. then it didn't. It took him until getting under, the, you know, behind the wheel and behind the machine of Mercedes to really see that success. And yeah. I mean, he's 38, Hamilton, yeah. and Verstappen's 25. You're like, and to be, you know, yeah, it'd be interesting how long Verstappen, especially if Red Bull remains as successful as it has, yeah. um, you know, what sort of records could tumble. Yeah, and, um, what has he won? Will this be his third, third um, world championship? Yeah. I think yeah, so, so. He's two in a row. Yeah, so he's still got another. If, if he win, oh, he's going to win this year. But he's going to be. Um, uh, he's still four off um, uh, Lewis Hamilton and Michael Schumacher. So, yeah. you know, I guess I'm just saying there's a lot to lot can go wrong between now. Oh and yeah, yeah, definitely, and that's. You know that that's uh, that's going to be the determinant of greatness, really, for yeah. him. Yeah, he's got he's got all the potential to, to crumble the records yeah. at this well, stage. But I'd imagine like said anything can happen. That's right. Imagine Sebastian Vettel back in 2014 when he just won his fourth in a row. They were thinking, oh well, this time in 10 years he'll have 10, and it just yeah, yeah, that's true. And also too, it was like Tiger Woods before we found out that he liked heaps of chicks. <laughs> You know, he was killing it and then his wife took his Bentley with a putter and, yeah, Tiger's sort of been up and down ever since. He has, he has. <laughs> Speaking of golf, mate. Speaking of golf, mate, the US Open was played this last weekend. Good, good. Great to see the golf in the majors, isn't it? You yeah. love seeing them all come out. So they played at LA mm. and, uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was a pretty good tournament. I, I had it in my multi as well. Um, Ricky Fowler came out. Pretty and played really well in the first couple of rounds. Yeah, um, first three rounds he was on top, and you know you, oh, it was great to see. Like I think everyone likes Ricky Fowler. Yeah, like he's um, seems like a good guy. He's got a bit of character about him. When he first came on the scene, he was an absolute star. And do you remember him wearing the bright orange? Yeah, yeah, he had orange everything, and it was, um, you know, he's just like that's me. That's who I am. Yeah, um, a bit of personality he, in golf. And he goes slipped away. Yeah. He slipped away, um, over the last few years and has been, um, well away from the, uh, top finishes. So, mm. uh, but he came back and, uh, he was on top after three rounds. Unfortunately, the last day for him wasn't, um, what it needed to be. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Rory, it wasn't his day either. Scotty no. wasn't his day. either. And Rory was in with a shake. He was there, Mm. And he and Ricky were there or thereabouts for the for the four rounds. Yeah, like, um, yeah, it was interesting. Scotty Stifler, uh, as yeah. we we know him here at the Sports Detention, <laughs> um, he, you know, I thought anything could happen there as they were coming as he was coming into the clubhouse on that last round. Um, you know, he, I believe he, so he eagled the sixteenth on the previous round, but then he just came short, came mm. up short, and he ended up in the bunker. And that really shifted it because I think he was on one. Yeah. You know, he'd had those last couple of holes and, you know, on Major Sunday, ever, anything can happen. And I thought that was probably the point where he, he fell out of contention. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because he won the uh, Masters last year and he's been, 
you know, top five every yeah. every major since. But he hasn't got another one. It just shows you how tough they are to yeah. win. And it, I guess it shows you how impressive it is, those guys who've gone on to win multiple, like someone like um, Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka with, you know, five or six each. And um, yeah. uh, pre- pretty impressive. Cam Smith was um, finished... Um, uh, second, uh, no, sorry, finished second. He finished um, uh, fourth. He had a pretty good back end of the. He did, he did. He, yeah. he probably didn't start as well as he needed to, which um, left you know bridge too far. But uh, you know he's he's defending his um, open championship title next month, so that'll be really interesting to see what happens. And um, Min Woo Lee, the uh, Australian, finished tied fifth in his best performance at a major. So well done, the Aussies. Yeah. But what mate, haven't we touched on, mate? Mate, who was the winner, mate? <laughs> the winner. The winner. the winner. Mate, have you heard of Wyndham Clark? Yeah, he was the winner of the UFC Open. That's right. <laughs> if I'd asked you that question this time last week, had you heard of Wyndham Clark? Mate, uh, uh, well done to Wyndham. He has picked up his first major and his second um, ever golf um, title. So yeah, on the PGA. That's, that's so a big one. Yeah, it's a pretty big one. Um, $3.5 million paycheck, that one won. Yeah, yeah. Only his um, seventh major that he's played mm. and his next best result was 75th. So, you know, he's, he's peaked up a little bit. Yeah. He did He did win Wells Fargo Championship only a month ago, so I guess he was coming in hot. But um, yeah, I'll tell I mean, you what. There's hot and there's, there's bloody, he's on fire. Yeah, making, making the cut and then yeah. there's... Then there's hot. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so, um, and, uh, yeah, we've got the Open Championship, as I mentioned before, coming up next month. So we'll be very keen uh, to watch that. Hopefully Cam Smith can defend his title, and uh, which will be very impressive. Any idea where they're playing this one? Um, oh, I did check the other day. Let's just have a quick look. Last year's was a ripper. Cam oh, Smith yeah. The old St. Course. Andrews, yeah. But um, uh, where are they this year? Royal Liverpool. Royal Liverpool. There you go, the Scousers. Yes. And um, so we'll keep our eye on that. We'll let all our listeners know um, our predictions and uh, obviously the results. Need to move on to the cricket, mate. Mate, it's all happening. So we're recording here Tuesday evening. We're heading into day five of the first Ashes test, mate. Mm. What, are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, it's a bit... Um, oh. There's a rain delay on at the moment. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, that could throw... Um, so Australia are currently on 107, uh, three down, and they're chasing uh, 288. So, so we've got so. Scotty Boland in the Night Watchman. Mm. Now, when I saw that, it made me think straight away to some of the greatest Night Watchman knocks ever. Gillespie. Oh, Jason Gillespie. Dizzy. What about his river? His double century against yeah. Sri Lanka. Yeah. Sri Lanka. Or was oh, it was well, it Sri Lanka or Bangladesh? I think it was Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Yeah, so double century, night watchman and um But he was a ripping night watchman, wasn't he? Yeah. Dizzy. As as you'd expect, he was treated like all heroes. He was dropped for the next match. <laughs> <laughs> yes, think. that's right. He was the only player to ever score a double century and be dropped. Oh, rough as guts, rough yeah. as guts. Uh, what more could you ask from a man? Yeah, mainly because he was um, bowling and he yes. wasn't bowling very well. But, um, yeah, so at the moment, Uzi's in on 34 not out, and he obviously got a fantastic 100 in the first inning. So, yep. look, as 
far as I could see, that's where our hopes lie. We need Uzi to push towards that 100 mark again, and if he gets close to that, we're going to be winning this. Um, the punters are splitting uh, at 50-50 at the moment, probability uh, slightly in England's favour. And, uh, yeah, so I guess... So two talking points for England. Joe Root, number mm. one, what was he thinking when he got stumped? Oh, like, yeah. You know, that was giving away your wicket. Nathan Lyon bowled pretty well. Mm. Like he, he was probably a big difference maker for the Aussies in the second innings there. But, um, you know, they're obviously frothing at the moment over Stuart Broad. Oh, yeah, they love him, the, don't they? The veteran. Yeah. Yeah, he's coming in. Apparently he's tipped the Ashes test in England's favour oh, with has, the three wickets. Hasn't he ever? Well I mean, done, is, I mean, is that not bias reporting if I've ever seen it? Well, I did like to. I, I did like what I saw from Ricky Ponting. Um, I don't know if you caught it on Twitter, mate, but um, uh, the, is this when he had a crack at KP? He's had a crack at KP. Yeah. Who's out there frothing? Tell me over more it. about what it had. Well, I just saw. I I glanced over it. So he's frothing over um Joe Root and talking about how well he's played and how much he's um his innings was a. A, a stroke of brilliance, and how um you know he he was going to be he was going to go on to be the difference in in this test match, and um and Pointing's promptly pointed out, mate, he's already out for forty. <laughs> so yes, yeah. I t- funny thing about KP, he ruffles a lot of people's feathers, and I, I follow him on the socials, yeah. KP, and he um he uh, he's a pretty um, he's a personality. He's a he's a personality. Going back 10 years when the Ashes was out in Australia, that I don't know if you remember the series where Mitchell Johnson tore um, England to yep. shreds. Uh, I was at the uh, third day of the Gabba on, on the Saturday, the first test, and, oh, what a day. Mitchell Johnson tore him to shreds, and we saw a couple of hundreds from um, – uh, David Warner and uh, somebody else can't remember. It might have been um, might have been Smithy, but it was it was a great day to be there. And I was there watching it with a pom mate of mine, so he was yeah. um, he was hurting. But KP was out there, and he'd walk up to the boundary, and people would be booing him and yelling at him, and he was blowing kisses at him, and they just scream louder at him, booing him. Yeah. By the end of the day, he was up. Blowing kisses at him, everyone's cheering him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> loving him. Oh, he's turned the crowd. <laughs> so he won him over. Oh, beautiful. And we know Ricky Ponting doesn't pull any punches, and oh, he no. also cops punches as well. For anybody wanting to go back in the history books and remember the time when he was a young buck and he got punched out at the Bourbon and Beef Steak in King Cross. <laughs> so many people Nothing would gets never. Forgotten on yeah, the sports no, Sorry, mate. Ricky. We will dig up all the history, mate. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's a. This is your life at the sports detention here. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, the other big talking point was Ben Stokes, um, for me, declaring yep. with two wickets in hand on the first day to have a go at the Aussies. I mean, probably knew there was a bit of weather coming in, but it was an aggressive play as a captain, and all I could think is Warney would have loved it. Yes. Yeah. Now, we're not quite at penis of the week. No. But speaking about the great Shane Warne, an absolute hero to us all. That Warney series that has been popping up on television, have you seen that little... Oh. Oh, oh, mate. How dare they? How dare they? How dare they do that to an Australian icon? Yeah. It looks fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be getting my eyeballs, no I'll tell chance, you that much. No chance. Oh, Mate, how sn- dare they? Yeah. Do you know who he is? Come oh, on. Oh, mate. The great Shane Warne deserves better than that, and they should how have prompted it- every last dollar and resource into making it the greatest um, production ever. Mate, I'm happy to be put back in my box here. If there is some sort of 
astronomical fund that is flowing through to the Warren family and, you know, I'll throw my hands up and say I'm wrong, but at this point in time, I mean, it looks garbage. It does. It does. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he is is an Australian hero and you guys are out there trying to make a little mini-series off his great name. You should have a good hard look at yourselves. Agreed. Agreed. Anyway, speaking of having a good hard look at ourselves, mate, the multis of the week. How did we go? Multis of the week, mate. Well, two out of three again um, for me, and which once again, shockingly, did not pay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Oh, there's a theme here. There is a theme here. So I picked up the Cowboys, which was um, my uh, risky play. And uh, so I was um, uh, pretty happy with that one when they got it in Golden Point. But uh, Steve Smith got out LBW in the first dig and didn't get um, top run scorer. So that one hurt me. And, uh, yeah, so two out of three for me. What about yourself, mate? Two out of three for me, mate. Tim Zhu and the Cronulla Sharks, they were the fat in my... uh, in my multi, so they were just to fill it up. But Xander Schufler, he was the cream. Yeah. The cream curdled, potty. Yeah. The no, cream yeah. curdled. Yeah. I just watched that leaderboard and Xander looked pretty good after two rounds mm. and then he drifted away. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, very unfortunate. I was a bit the same, you know, Steve Smith, he was he was my cream and I thought, yep, yeah. this is where I'm going to – and, then, you know, he was – he was fairly long odds for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, Xander Schufley was on that leaderboard and I'm singing of Rod Stewart and he was like, where the ocean meets the sky, <laughs> I'll be sailing. Oh. Away he went. Yep. Off hard into the horizon. Pick, hard to pick. Yeah, it is. Um, I I, but however, I look, <laughs> <laughs> I had a look at Ricky Fowler. I went, well, he's on top after three rounds. He's not winning. No, yeah. that's right. Or You'd almost, isn't it crazy? You're almost like, oh, no, he can't win. No yeah. one ever. No. Something will happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right, mate. We're up to the final part of our wonderful, wonderful show, mate. The penis of the week. Everybody loves it. We love putting it together. What have we got for penis of the week this week, mate? All right. So I may come across as a bit of a Grinch here, but I'm going to get into it anyway. Red over the week. There are families who are paying close to $20 million to live in a particular community that is Disney-inspired. Don't let it go. Disney-obsessed families who love films like Finding Nemo, Frozen, Good flicks. Great flicks. They are paying to live in communities where houses are designed, bedrooms decked out, to look exactly like Disney Disney films. Look, I, you know, I love Star Wars. I love my Disney. I love how much my kids love the Disney. It fills me with a sense of nostalgia when I'm watching a Disney film with one of my kids. Imagine Mighty Ducks theme. My, Mighty Ducks. But to deck out your whole house is bad enough. But to pay to live in an exclusive community, yeah. this absorbent amount of money, look, it's money. You can do what you want with it. But in my opinion, you've got too much of it. And for that reason, penis of the week. Yeah. Oh, I agree, mate. Um, I mean, it's like... 
a bunch of Eshays hanging around a train station, though, you're going to find your type. <laughs> I can imagine these guys who are all moving into this Disney community, they've got plenty of cash, but they're fine and they're tight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no denying that. Oh. Oh. Anyway, mate, what have you got for us? Mate, penis of the week. Um, yeah, it was... I'm gonna I'm gonna go in. There was a there was an honourable mention. Obviously that um, that uh, that knob jockey that was throwing food at the Maccas and oh, they yeah. had that little thing that was obviously, you know, that's a yeah an honourable mention. He's obviously a penis. Everybody knows that. But uh, I couldn't go past mate Alan's lollies. Yeah, Alan's lollies. I'm going in. So it's been a travesty. The uh, Allen's Lollies have decided to discontinue an Australian favourite, mate. 93 years. Couldn't even let it get the 100. Couldn't raise the bat. Absolutely. 93 years of pleasuring the palate. Mm. And they throw away the fantail. Unbelievable. Imagine how many cavities the fantail has cost. That's right. You know. You know, it is, I mean. Imagine how many Young children have lost their first tooth while chomping into a fantail. I mean, where do you think we got the idea of doing a podcast that included entertainment with our sports? The fantail. That's right. Entertainment. It comes on the fantail wrapper. It's not a wrapper. It's not rubbish. It's recycling. It's trivia. Yeah. It's knowledge. Oh, mate. So anyway, uh, the Allens Lollies, uh, they have decided to uh, discontinue the, the Fantails, but it gets worse because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill two birds with one stone here. I'm not a man who dives into the PC brigade body. The Redskin. Mm. Calling it the Red Ripper. I mean, dead set. Yeah. Dead set, like just changing the name to try and appease others. Like, I mean, yeah, give us a break. I'm with you. Oh. I'm with you. Like, yep. <sighs> anyway, so Alan's lollies. It's pretty clear you're on the nose with us. Yeah, penis. Look, it's not something you can't come back from. We're happy to change our mind, but bring the fantail back. Yeah, bring the red skin back. It's easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I won't buy a lot of them, but I'd like them back. Yeah, just yeah, just for my own sense of pleasure. Bring it back. All oh. right, we're done, mate. Runs are on the board. Penises of the week have been locked and loaded. So if you decide that you want to live in a Disney themed house, you're a penis. If you want to surround yourself with people who live in Disney themed houses, you're all penises. And if you work or are on the executive board of Allen's Lollies, give yourselves an uppercut. You've let us down, your penis. Yep. All right. Right, yeah, mate. Another great we week, mate. Are all done, tucked away. Anything else to add, mate? Uh, make sure you uh, keep a listen out for our origin review coming up on Thursday morning when we celebrate the Blues victory and maybe even throw in a little bit of a congratulations to the Aussies for picking up the first test. Um, yeah, and get around us on the socials. Let us know if you think we're on, on, on the right track. Let us know if you've got some criticism. Do you think we've got it wrong about the Logies? We want to hear about it. Absolutely. Drop us a line, as they would say. And uh, for any of our listeners up in Byron Bay, home of the Red Devils, 
we say good night and farewell. <laughs>